You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Ian Brown, our MLB.com Red Sox reporter at the winter meetings. It's always fun to do this in person, Ian. We get together in Florida this year. Um, and so far, it's, it's a weirdly quiet winter meetings, right? Yeah, I mean, we talk about the Red Sox. I mean, last year at this time, this was the day, the Tuesday of the winter meetings when, as I like to say, they traded for Tyler Thornburg at breakfast, they traded for Chris Sale at lunch, and they signed Mitch Moreland at dinner time. So that was a, cr- a crazy winter meetings day in Red Sox history. And uh, this year, you, you haven't seen them do anything yet. It's not because they don't want to. It's just Dave Dombrowski feels that the market uh, has started a lot s- slower. Player movement took a lot longer to develop this year, and that was because of Atani. Uh, that was because of Gene uh, Carlos Stanton, and now that these two moves have finally happened, you know some of the bottleneck is going to break. But it's just a matter of, you know, Dave said yesterday, you know, would I like to make a, a move at the winter meeting? Sure. Have I made them in the past? Sure. But do I have to? Uh, I don't have. To. He said I don't feel like driving force to make a move at the meetings. He just wants to get the hitter he needs. But you know, he's not under the same time uh, frame that fans or fans want that move to happen now. He knows, though, that, that all the bright lights are on him right now, right? Yeah, the moment sure. Stanton went to the Yankees, the whole baseball world thought, all right, now what's Dave Dombrowski going to do? And he knows that. Of course. And you know, the way Dave said it yesterday, he's like, it didn't exactly make my day on Saturday morning when I woke up and found out that, that Stanton was, was on the Yankees. But he said at the same time, it didn't really change anything because the Red Sox have been determined all winter that they're going to get a hitter. And which hitter that's going to be, we don't know yet. But that, that's been the goal all along, to get one hitter. He said it's going to be one hitter, not two. He said they don't have a place to put two hitters right now. Um, so that, that's his goal hasn't changed. He's just trying to get the, the one hitter he needs to really uh, supplement that, that lineup. Did anybody ask him about just the fact that Stanton was here walking around these hallways and the the mob scene around him yeah. and the fact that, in general, the Yankees kind of stole day one. I mean, does that come up when you're yeah, talking about Yeah, it didn't really Rusty? come up because, look, we talked to him in a suite yesterday. Yeah. He's sequestered up there all day. He doesn't really know, uh, you know, he doesn't know a full picture of the vibe that's going on. But uh, he talked in general terms about Stanton and that they did talk to the Marlins early in the process. And it just didn't seem like, from either side, that the fit was right uh, because the Red Sox are so strong in the outfield. And then by the time he sort of re-engaged in the process, uh, A, the Red Sox weren't on Stanton's list of teams he would approve a trade to, and B, uh, they were already deep into talks with the Yankees at that point, having already exhausted talks uh, with the Giants and Mar- uh, Giants and Cardinals, and those moves both blew up because he wouldn't you know, waive the no-trade clause. All right, the names we've been hearing uh, since really the onset of the offseason have been J.D. Martinez, Eric Hosmer, uh, Jose Abreu crept up as, as a trade option. Is it still all those same names yeah, circling? Yeah, you've heard Kyle Schwarber's name yeah. come in. That's an interesting one. I don't really know... Um, what would compel the Cubs to trade him, you know, what they would be looking for for a Kyle Schwarber. You know, Dave Dombrowski was very adamant yesterday in saying that these rumors that the, the Red Sox are looking to shop Jackie Bradley Jr., he said false. We're not looking to trade our outfielders. He said do teams uh, kind of call and ask about our outfielders a lot? Sure. But uh, Dombrowski, I think he really thinks that, that the outfield is the strength of this team, and that's what he's trying to build around, not subtract from. So, you know, who knows? He might just be, you know, bluffing but I'd be surprised at this point if they trade uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Well how does that work though if they do if JD Martinez ends up being the guy and you don't trade a Jackie Bradley Jr. do you move because you're not going to move one of those outfielders out of the outfield they're great defensively as much as they can do at the bat Um, so does that mean JD Martinez 
that has to consider a position change, first base, DH more often, or do you do a rotate where they all get yeah, chances at DH? I think that what, what would happen is Hanley Ramirez becomes your regular first baseman, okay. and then uh, J.D. Martinez becomes your primary DH. Now, can he still play the outfield uh, once or twice a week? Sure. I mean, Benintendi and Bradley, both, uh, especially Benintendi last year, both occasionally sit against left-handed pitching anyway. Ben, Benintendi sat against quite a few lefties last year, so that would be a chance for J.D. to play the outfield maybe a couple times a week, but the, the this is a problem they would love to have because that would mean they have the hitter that they need. They don't have him yet. Um, Eric Hosmer would probably be the cleanest fit because they just slide him right into first base and a lot of people think that uh, this guy has a swing that is just built for Fenway Park. This guy has a mentality that just born uh, that was made for their clubhouse. They really need kind of a kind of a rah-rah sort of leader guy uh, and everybody you talk to from Kansas City will tell you you know how great a leader and what a winning player this is. So I think in many ways Hosmer would be a great fit for the Red Sox. It's a great point because David Ortiz was like was the heart and soul of this organization and was a vocal guy. Everybody remembers the World Series 2013 where the cameras caught it in the dugout, the, the rah-rah speech. When Ortiz retired, that leadership role, I mean, it transitions to Dustin Pedroia, but he's not that guy. He's a lead-by-example guy. Yeah, you know, Pedroia's been dealing with his own injury problems the last uh, couple years, especially last year, so it's really hard to be a leader when you're just trying to get your, your knee ready to be able to play. I think that's where he leads by example when his teammates saw some of the things that he was playing with last year, and just to be able to go out there. That's how Dustin Pedroia leads, but he's not, uh, it's just not in his makeup. That's not who he is. You can't kind of get out out of your comfort zone sometimes and be somebody you're not. You know, I think leaders are born in a lot of cases. And I think that, uh, you know, like I said, Eric Hosmer is one of those guys. I think Mookie Betts definitely has leadership potential, but you know, he's still 24 years old right now. Uh, he's going to be 25 at some point next season. So he's eventually going to be a leader. I think it's just a little soon in his career uh, for Mookie to take that on. You've mentioned in the past that, that the lack of home run power and the need to definitely add a big bopper is is overblown in your mind and that Hosmer is a nice fit in that way. Yeah. Hosmer also, he's a guy where you're going to spend money, but that's it. Yeah. Abreu, you're going to have to pick up a... He's still in arbitration, but he's right. at the end, right. two years. I mean, he's making a good amount of money, and you're going to have to give up prospects. And what did Abreu hit five more homers than Hosmer last year? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think that the White Sox are asking a lot for Abreu, and I don't think a trade is going to happen there. Maybe later in the season it will happen. But as far as the power goes, you know, a lot of people think that Hosmer's swing is sort of tailored for Fenway, and he's going to hit some opposite field home runs there. Also, you have to look at, um, is Mookie Betts going to hit more home runs next year than he did last year? Probably. Can Xander Bogarts hit more home runs than he did last year? Yes. Can uh, Jackie Bradley hit more home runs? Yes. Hanley Ramirez can certainly hit more home runs. Devers, you're going to have a full season of him. So I think a lot of that power is just going to come uh, naturally through guys having bounce back seasons and, you know, whatever, whoever they can pick up here. First winter meetings for Alex Cora as a manager. He's made the stops. Uh, he was on our set doing a Spanish interview, yeah. which, is, which is, I think, one of the real neat attributes that he brings to the team is that ability to be bilingual. Um, but he's he's done his official appearance. He's been on a lot of sets. Seems like he's handling it all very well, and it seems like he's pretty polished at this point as far as dealing with the media. Yeah, Alex is a very smart guy. He's a very good communicator. Um, we saw that when he was in Boston as a player, even though it was kind of a utility role at the time. But you, know, you saw in that press conference how comfortable he was. So the Red Sox are actually looking at Alex Cora to bring a lot of leadership to this team. Um, maybe more leadership than they got from from John Farrell. John was more of a you know a stoic kind of guy, uh, not the, really a face of your franchise kind of guy. That they really think Alex could be kind of a face of the team and really give 
this uh, organization of voice. And so we're, we're looking forward to seeing how that evolves. And the winter meeting is a good place to start because there is a lot of media here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of responds to all that attention. We have to mention Stephen Wright. Domestic issue kind of broke right when the winter meetings were starting. It seems like Major League Baseball is, for the most part, going to be the entity that handles this more than the Red Sox do. Yeah, I mean, that's something that goes right to MLB now yeah. with the domestic violence stuff. And, uh, you know, you hope everything's okay with Stephen Wright's family and that gets um, situated. But, you know, from a baseball standpoint, uh, you know, it's a little concern for the Red Sox from a starting pitching depth because Wright right now projects as their fifth starter with Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to miss the first few weeks of the season following that knee surgery. So now do they have to be more proactive to go out and get uh, somebody who can give them some depth in the rotation, not knowing if Wright might face discipline for the early part of the season. So that's something to keep in mind also. So besides the bats, it's maybe some extra starting depth and bullpen depth still. Everyone needs that. Bullpen depth, yeah. And, you know, interesting with the starting pitching depth. Uh, you know, they had talked earlier about maybe making, like, Brian Johnson, maybe moving him to the bullpen. Um, I would think unless they can get more depth starting, he stays in the rotation in spring training and goes in as a starter to give them that kind of depth starter. But yeah, they're looking for a lefty reliever. I mean, I think they feel pretty good about their right-handed crew. Um, even though they're not going to keep Addison Reed, it doesn't seem like it sounds like he'll be going somewhere else. But they like the, the stable righties. So if, the, if they can find a lefty to go with Robbie Scott and to compliment the, those righties, they'd feel pretty good about uh, the bullpen. Looking down on the farm to wrap things up, as you do see a lot of uh, trades uh, with prospects involved around the winter meetings time and, and the offseason, obviously. Um, the Red Sox haven't developed really a homegrown frontline ace pitcher, I guess since John Lester yeah, would be the last yeah. one. Jay Groom is currently their number one prospect. Obviously, he was just drafted. You know, he's new to the system still. Um, one full season of pro ball. But is the viewpoint of this organization that if he stays put in this organization, he could be that next ace type guy? Yeah, absolutely. Jay Groom is the best pitcher they have right now as far as prospects. And uh, look, he just graduated from high school a year and a half ago. Um, this is a guy who's had some makeup concerns in the past, so they're trying to just like get him to have some maturation there. And look, Chris Sale is working with him. I, I saw somebody tweeted this out the other day. Uh, Sale lives in the Fort Myers, Naples area in the offseason anyway, so he kind of took the initiative to work with Groom a little bit this offseason, so I think that's a good sign, and that could help his development right there. But yeah, it's hard for me to picture them trading Groom right now in any trades. All right, great stuff, Ian. We know eventually, either sooner or later, the Red Sox are going to make a big move this offseason. We'll see when it happens. That'll do it for MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.